Where's the lamb? That's the question that's been replaying in my mind over the last two, three days. Where's the lamb? I found myself the last couple days imagining the conversations that must have took place in the homes of those Israelites the days and hours leading up to that first Passover. First reading, we hear the instructions given by God to Moses on how to carry out that first Passover. And remember, the Passover was Passover was the final plague of the series of plagues of having God trying to break Pharaoh into letting his people go, of being enslaved under the tyrant of Pharaoh and him not letting them go. And finally, the last plague is the plague that we hear about being described going to happen and what God's going to do. In verse 12, it says, I will go through Egypt, striking down every firstborn in the land, human being and beast alike, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt. So this last plague, the one that will finally break the back of Pharaoh, all the firstborn of Egypt will die. But the next verse, verse 13 says, seeing the blood of the lamb, I will pass over you. Thereby, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow will come upon you. The only thing that will save them is a lamb. So every, every family would procure a lamb, slaughter the, slaughter the lamb, mark the, the home with the blood of the lamb, and then eat the lamb. Do that, and death will pass them over. The firstborn of the household will live. So again, imagine the conversations in the house, those households, the days and hours leading up to that first Passover that night. In one house, I imagine a mother there, maybe a new mom with her husband, six-month-old baby, the firstborn, and the mom's just pacing back and forth, turning to her husband, asking, where's the lamb? Did you get it? Are you sure you got it? Honey, I got the lamb. Is it the right one? Is it a year old? Is it unblemished? Honey, I got the lamb, we'll be fine. The baby will be safe. Maybe the next house over, a family of seven, five kids, the oldest being 16 years old, and he's old enough to know he's heard of what's gonna happen, that the Passover will come and that the angel of death will come. So since he's a little bit older and He's heard what's going to happen, that death is coming for the firstborn, that death is coming for him, unless there's a lamb. And as that day approaches, he's asking the same question the mom asked in the household right next, next door. Where's the lamb, mom? Where's the lamb, dad? Are you sure you got it? Where is it? Can I just see it just to make sure that it's here, that we got it? 
make sure it didn't leave, to make sure no one took it. Where's the lamb? Every household that night is asking that question. And the day before, where's the lamb? As they double and triple and quadruple check. Because the slayed lamb, the unblemished lamb, meant the difference between death and life that night. God used the lamb to save the people that night, to deliver the people from the hands of Pharaoh. It's like, well, why a weak, measly lamb would do it? And the big picture of salvation history, we, know, we now know looking back, is that it was just a foreshadowing. It was a foreshadowing of how God will provide another lamb to save not just the Israelites, but also Pharaoh and all the rest in Egypt and you and I tonight, not from Pharaoh, but from a bigger problem, the problem of sin and death. So on this Holy Thursday, we see God has indeed provided. He has indeed provided in the most extravagant way. And blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Do you realize that that's what this is tonight? Do you realize that's why we gather here? Not just tonight, but every Mass. Do you, do I, do we realize how blessed we are that we've been called to the supper of the lamb? You might ask, well, hey, Father Mark, where's the lamb? I've got the same question, where's the lamb? Holy Thursday, this night, tonight, is the celebration of the institution of the Eucharist. The Last Supper, when on the night, as we heard, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered together to celebrate the Passover as every good Jew would. And everything's there as they celebrate the Passover, everything's there except the lamb. But the lamb was indeed provided for by God. The lamb was provided for in Jesus offering himself, his body, his blood, that will soon be sacrificed after that last supper, after the betrayal, when he was to go to the cross and his blood would pour forth. Because it's the blood of that lamb that it finally atones for sins, that finally reconciles us to God. Amongst all the other blood sacrifices up and down through the centuries of the Old Testament, it was finally the blood of this lamb that would finally atone for sins, that would finally reconcile us to him. That's why the John the Baptist, John the Baptist who was a son of a priest, and so which means that John the Baptist grew up in the temple. He grew up always going to the temple, which means John the Baptist knew what sacrifice, his life, he always saw sacrifice. He always saw animals being sacrificed all the time. So he got it, he understood it. John the Baptist understood, and which is why when he saw Jesus walk by, he points to him and said, 
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And that's why tonight and at every Mass, I will hold up the host. And I will say, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. How blessed you and I are that we've been called to the supper of the Lamb. Do you realize how blessed you are? Do I realize how blessed I am? To be honest with you, I take it for granted quite often, too often, that I would even like to admit there are prayers that priests say in the back of the sacristy in preparation for the Mass. I try to quiet myself the best that I can. And sometimes we have some goons as servers that keep me distracted a little bit, but the best I can. But I often take it for granted. Do we realize how blessed we are to be here tonight, to be invited to consume the Passover lamb? the one who was sacrificed 2,000 years ago to be here tonight. And so this week, this Holy Week, because I do oftentimes forget too, I often try to spend some extra time this week to pray and to reflect and think about priesthood, to think about my, about my priesthood. And a lot of that is because today we also celebrate the institution of the priesthood on this night. As we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist, we also hand in hand with that is celebrating the institution of the priesthood. And always in the beginning of the week, at least here in the Diocese of Juliet, we go to the Chrism Mass and we, every priest renews his priesthood promises that he makes when he's ordained, that I made when I was ordained six years ago. And as I was talking to a, a parishioner, it was maybe two weeks ago now, and I was just describing him some weight that I had, that I felt on me with just some administrative things that was pressing upon me. And he just stopped and he said, Father Mark, you, you feel weight because you care. And in response to that, I told him, I couldn't care more. I couldn't care more. As I stand here tonight, maybe especially because it's, you know, Holy Thursday Mass, and this Mass has a way of, it's kind of more of, um, you know, in, in many ways, the, the Holy Thursday Mass consists of kind of the core families in many ways of the parish. And as I stand here now, I have this, this deep feeling in me that I couldn't care more than what I do right now. I couldn't care more about the task that's been handed on to me to do as a priest. And that's namely, is to put the lamb before you. The one who takes away the sins. I never want you to ask the question, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? I just want to put him before you. Because he's the one who takes away the sins of the world and reconciles us to him. It's not a new lamb. It's not a different lamb. It's the same lamb that was on Calvary 2,000 years ago. That's what the Mass is. That's the institution of the Eucharist. That's the institution of the priesthood. Is that from some wild way 
that a priest, a man who's been ordained, can stand, as we heard in the second reading, and repeat the words our Savior made, and to say them and say the words, I take this, all of you, and eat of it, to present to you the Lamb in an unbloodied manner on this altar so that you can consume him and that I can consume him to be cleansed, to be renewed, to be restored, and to be made whole and to be united and made one with him. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. I don't think I, I, I tell you enough, but it's important for you to hear. I couldn't care more. I love being a priest. And as I even saw some, some, some news today, and I mean, I think we, all the time we're hearing about priest shortages and maybe guys struggling and even some classmates of mine that I hear that have left the priesthood and even today hearing about more abuse scandals. It's important for you to hear that I love being a priest. I love being your priest and I couldn't care more. I couldn't care more for the task that's been entrusted to me to put him before you. I love doing that. My call to serve you, which we will see here in a moment, to sacrifice for you. I love doing that. In my weakest, I don't always love it, but I love doing it. I couldn't care more. So on this night with the institution, as we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist and we celebrate the institution of the priesthood, we give thanks to God. I give thanks to God. And blessed are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb, the one who takes away the sins of the world. Truly, blessed are we.